the hosts of Fang Theory are not experts in any of the subjects discussed, and nothing they say should be taken as advice or expertise. Fang Theory is not affiliated with Summit Entertainment, Little Brown and Company, or anything to do with the Twilight franchise. We are merely fans, here to have some fun and apply vigorous amateur research to the world of our favorite vamps. Welcome to Fang Theory. I'm Paige. I'm Hannah. And were you singing before I said the intro? No, I was talking to myself. <laughs> I was just muttering to myself. I was <laughs> I was walking myself through the process of minimizing the windows and then making the and then making Zencaster half size so I could read the top. such grandmas you're like how do you make windows small (laughs) so today we have a a little guy about sleep which is fitting because it's 90 degrees here and i've been lethargic for a week straight (laughs) i don't know if like you get this way but like the week leading up Honestly, okay, here's what sucks is that I will make I will I will be on a really good sleep schedule and then the week leading up and then the week of and then a couple days after my period that just gets completely tossed out of the window. I cannot fall asleep and but I'm so tired during the day. It's just really stupid that we have this enormous amount of time. We being people with uteruses where like your whole life is upended. And you're like, oh, it's just my period. But, like, it's not one week. It's the week before and, like, the week after. That's, like, three weeks. My (laughs) biggest complaint is that for one week out of the month, I have really great skin. And then that just completely (laughs) goes out the window for three quarters of the month. I, why were, what was the plan, guys? What, what was the plan with this? (laughs) How did we fumble the bag so hard? But yes, sleep, it's important. Um, and unfortunately, I don't get enough of it when I'm, like, leading up to my period. But let me tell you why it's important. Well, actually, we don't, like, fully know why. <laughs> Fun fact. Oh. Tea. <laughs> yeah, scientists, like, don't really know why we sleep, uh, why we sleep how much we do. Um, but we have some pretty good theories so the first theory is that, like, just in general, nighttime is dangerous 
And so like we sleep so that we just don't have to deal with the dangers of the night. Tripping, um, bigger animals, harder to see. Um. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we would be walking around bonking ourselves into things. That's and true. No Low hanging branches. That. Yeah, no one wants that. So that's like one theory is that we just evolved this way to avoid. <laughs> they really said avoidance coping mechanism yeah let's let's give humans that one um another reason or another theory is that like it's really hard to find food at night so why don't we just save our energy until daytime when it's easier to find food also a really good reason in my opinion yeah can't relate i prefer to snack all night there's a reason for that. We uh, why? So during the night, we produce more of the hormones that like make us hungry. Uh, at around like eleven p.m. to like three p.m. So we that's why like we have a tendency to want food during night. Also, we produce hormones that make us want specifically sugary foods. <gasps> I literally dragged myself out of bed at 12:30 a.m. this week and like I like had school the next day. There was it was a Wednesday night. I had my long ass day mm-hmm. and I was like I need to bake cookies right now. Oh man. <laughs> I feel yes. really seen by this. Yes, we get our biggest sugar craving during that time period at night. Do and you know why? We no, we don't know why. It's probably a survival thing. Um, but yeah, we don't know why. Anyways, our third theory, um, is that we have a lot of, like, maintenance. Our bodies, they're complex. They got a lot of moving parts. So, and they take up a lot of energy. So during our, during our, our good night's sleep, our body does a lot of maintenance and recovers what we've lost during the day. I read a, an article that compared this to like hosting a party. It's uh-huh. like you can either clean up like the cups and stuff, yeah. or you can entertain the guests, but you can't do both at once. And that's a really good comparison, yeah. Um, and like kind of along the same lines, uh, there's this quote from an article that says, uh, Rain suffers most from sleep dep- deprivation at the end of a party. You're just like exhausted from socializing. <laughs> Uh, but it's less clear that the rest of the body suffers as rapidly, significantly, or inevitably from lack of sleep. And although we talk about a muscle that is active or at rest, muscle rest can be achieved during quiet wakefulness and does not seem to require sleep. However, few studies have compared directly the restorative value of quiet wakefulness and sleep for either the brain or any other organ. I have thought about this before. Like... Why am I tired after a day of watching TV? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I didn't move. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But your brain, she was still working. And she was still yeah. processing whatever it is you were watching. And um, I know that there's, like, a lot of theories right now that essentially is... Pointing us in the direction of, of social media and, like, being on social media all the time is doing a lot of harm for our restfulness because we're absorbing too much information throughout the day. Um, and, like, 
in, like in the same vein, um, the 24 hour news cycle is very open stimulating. And so yeah, people are like, hmm, maybe people are more tired and depressed these days because they are always consuming something like their brain is just always working. Yes. <laughs> Our brains really said that they want us to sit around, stare at wall, be dumb. <laughs> I mean, it just makes me think, I'm like, well, what, listen, I do logically know that you absorb a lot more information when you're on Twitter or Instagram or something, Mm -hmm. but I guess I don't really see how that's different from, like, people have been researching forever, people have been reading books forever. Yeah, but you're doing that, you're doing that at, like, a far slower pace. I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, uh, and like the uh, like the body, the brain has to do maintenance, and so you know during night, that's kind of also when we get into a little bit of what we discussed in our memories episode about brain plasticity. Um, at night, we prune away the synapses that we don't need, and then strengthen the ones that we do. Um, but I mean, we do think most of this. Of these restorative functions are for the brain for precisely the reason that we just outlined that like if you sleep, sit around watching TV all day or reading all day you're still tired at the end of the day yeah. and like your muscles didn't do very much but there are some bodily functions that scientists think only happen like while you're asleep like muscle growth and tissue repair specifically um, I've also heard about hair growth like your nails grow also you're asleep oh. also if you're a child getting taller but Uh, not super relevant for our purposes clearly yeah that's true we're not spontaneously having growth spurts during the day which is i'm I'm grateful for i personally am quite grateful for so yes i did find a really dang quote it was just at the top of a bbc article or a guardian article or something i was like wow you went so hard to include this quote it doesn't have very much to do with twilight but i liked it so i put it on here uh it's from gaston bosch Bachelard. Hope we don't have any French listeners. And it's from 1960. <laughs> He's a French philosopher. Um, he says, The repose of the night does not belong to us. It is not the possession of our being. Sleep opens within us and in for phantoms. In the morning, we must sweep out the shadows. It's just oh. How beautiful. You throw it like this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I, I just Kinda like romantic. it. It's, it is a little romantic, and it has very little to do with anything. But it, but it really appealed to the English major in you. It did. But anyways, yeah. So that's just us, though. You know, this whole these sleep theories, these sleep theories. That's just us. That's just for humans. But there are a lot of animals that like function differently. Um, you wanna that's true. And there are, huh? Give us a little taste. Oh, okay. Um, so I had envisioned something a little different for this episode because I had done a quick little Google and I was like, are there any animals that don't sleep? And I found this whole like trove of listicles and I was like, hell yeah, maybe we can steal some of the mechanisms that those animals are using to explain vampires. Then it turns out this was a case of widespread misinformation. Oh no. <laughs> so the most famous ones are bullfrogs. Bullfrogs are the only animal that like came up on every single listicle and they were like, we know bullfrogs don't sleep for sure. Turns out one study was done on this in 1967. Oh no. 
and quote relevant information the report concluded that bullfrogs do not sleep because even during the resting phase they never failed to show a change in respiratory responses after painful stimuli oh that's hardly anything and the the study didn't establish a baseline like quote-unquote arousal threshold Uh for bullfrogs so this whole conclusion is based on the idea that bullfrogs react less to the painful shock late at night because we assume that's when bullfrogs would be in the middle of sleep and early in the night when they've just started sleeping but they found the other way around but here's the tea we actually know now that deeper sleep tends to happen earlier in the night uh-huh so even for humans that wouldn't necessarily be sound yeah. reasoning so basically the 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 more recent study I found that was going through animals that may or may not sleep was like, mm, the, we we don't know that bullfrogs sleep. We also can't say from the study alone that they don't. But be careful of listicles, y'all. They could be spreading around 50-year-old one-off studies. Wait, so you're telling me that articles that are just trying to get in a bunch of information in a short amount of time and get more clicks that way are not always completely accurate? I know, shocker, shocker. But, like, some of these were from, like, what I consider to be, like, pretty reputable news articles. So, That's a big bummer, then. It is a bummer. And, I I mean, to be fair. Here's the thing. And this is a a problem that is very often discussed is, um, like, scientific communication. Yeah. And, like, how to spread it correctly. Because articles come out all the time every single day hundreds and hundreds and hundreds right yeah um or sorry research studies and like publishings right and then cnn will like read one and then pick it up and be like let's write an article about this before these things have even been like thoughtfully and thoroughly peer-reviewed yeah and like so i'm not surprised and science communication ain't easy like plug for maintenance phase they do this all the time where they'll be like there were a bunch of news reports about this quote-unquote health thing and it turns out that like layman reporters just doing their best admittedly but layman reporters take scientific findings out of context Mm -hmm. it's like well coffee is gonna cause heart attacks it's like well Well, no we found a two percent correlation between people who drink coffee and people who have heart attacks and the study group was only people over like this age and like yeah exactly there's like all these caveats that scientists do and to hannah's point like that's only the first study it hasn't been replicated yet necessarily or peer-reviewed so i'm sorry bulldogs i feel like we've done a disservice to you the way that last episode bats they were they weren't they were done dirty i know i know sorry it, it's rough out here but um the other listicle star was dolphins okay which i've heard this is a fun fact just out and about in my life before the yeah. dolphins only sleep half their brains at once mm-hmm. and so i wouldn't necessarily say that i have a debunking for you but i I can say that I at least didn't really know what that would look like until I did some reading. Okay. So dolphins are not like half functional or anything while they're sleeping. (laughs) 
Um, they're they're basically asleep. The problem is they just they're mammals, and they don't have houses. That's true. They are just so, they are just out in the wild. Correct. They, they okay, but they're also mammals. So they have to be close to the surface, so it's not even like they can go hide out in a like a cave or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, they truly are just in open water. So, they literally sleep with one eye open. So, they can see if it's a leaner. Pretty much. They're, like, trying A, not to drown, B, not to get eaten. Um, And, yeah. And they also respond less to stimuli regardless. Oh. Um, Do-do-do-do-do. It's not just dolphins that do this. It's called unihemispheric sleep, where like only one hemisphere in your brain is sleeping at once. Uh, aquatic mammals are the big ones because of the aforementioned reasons, but also birds, because you know there are birds who just fly and fly and fly without stopping for like a long stretch of time. It's kind of interesting that like whales do this because they're so large that I feel like they're not often the prey. <laughs> The drowning, I think, is the bigger issue with whales. But that's just off the cuff. I, have, I didn't. Yes, I understand whales. that they they like need to stay close to the surface, but um, they they should have evolved differently. Then that's on them. I mean, the fact that we have mammals in the ocean is genuinely crazy to me. Yeah, that's on them. They should have got. They should have left while they could. <laughs> For real, I just am really stunned that nature allowed this to happen. <laughs> Pick a side. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah, I. that's my whole thought on that. Um, so, I will say humans, actually, there is some evidence of something sort of similar, possible, for humans. Because if you have ever, well, everyone has, the first night in an unfamiliar place, mm-hmm. studies have shown that most people don't sleep well. Right. And the working theory is that you don't feel safe mm-hmm. because you've never slept there before. Mm-hmm. and so you're not sleeping all the way so you have a harder time falling asleep and then you don't sleep as well mm-hmm. as you do the second night even in the same place so so if i so if so are you saying that like when you go to a new place and you're trying to fall asleep you just never really actually um like enter stage three or four of sleep you kind of just hover around stage one and run i i don't know about that but what i can tell you is quote the left cortical hemisphere is more vigilant and responds stronger and faster than the right one when they studied people the first night in an unfamiliar place they think your left cortical hemisphere is not 100 percent asleep mm. but the right one is <laughs> That's the working theory of this scientific study, which, as usual, will be linked in the description. Uh, the only animal I could find that doesn't, like, basically collapse from a lack of sleep, like, just the the way you deteriorate so fast if you don't get a good night's sleep for, like, a, even once. Mm-hmm. We are so delicate, dude. Oh, I know. Fragile. But pigeons have been found to be the most resistant to the negative effects of sleep deprivation. Damn, good for pigeons. Um, 
which doesn't mean that they don't need to sleep. It just means that of all the animals studied, they suffer the least when they don't sleep. Like, I don't know. Reading reading about the things they put these animals through made me be like, mm, should, we be do- should we be doing these tests? <laughs> Honestly, what a terrible way to die. Yeah. I... I think this would have to be on, like, my top five, like, absolute worst ways to die is sleep deprivation. Sleep deprivation, for sure. Because you start going crazy. Yeah. So I took a class on biological clocks, right? And a big part of this class is learning about the sleep cycle. And um, and so something that kind of, like, revolutionized the way I travel is bringing melatonin with me. And so then taking melatonin at such a time so that I can basically trick my brain into thinking that I am getting a night's sleep during a random part of the day. So like so if like I'm on, you're the plane, on the plane, yeah. Oh, okay. So you trick yourself into getting a night's sleep during the time that you would in the country you're going to. That's really smart because that's always my problem is I can usually sleep on a like that long, like mm-hmm. maybe three or four hours. That's not that's not night sleep. I've had naps longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean the, the the other little caveat. I will sleep slip in sleep in here slip in here. Uh huh. <laughs> and I like the maintenance phase episode because they also did an episode about this. But like, everyone's body's different. Yeah. I usually really need eight hours of sleep. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not really that functional at six or seven hours. I know some people who only really need like five or six hours and they're chilling. I'm super functional at like six, but I would prefer more. Poor Anna. Anna, if you're listening, poor Anna. She needs like nine. My friend Sean, Sean goes to sleep at like 9 p.m. and will wake up at like 7 a.m. That's like, that's what, like 10 hours of sleep? I will say I could sleep 10 hours. Like if you sent me to bed at 9 p.m., I would not wake up at five, even though it's eight hours of sleep. I love that for you. I don't think... I could ever be that person. So basically, pigeons are all fun. animals sleep, but ex- pigeons don't really need to as much. <laughs> well, pigeons do need to; they just it's not as much more slowly. I don't know. Um, I will link the article where I read about pigeons in the description. The only the abstract was free, so I was not willing to, <laughs> to learn. Speaking about of the scientific communication. Really. Speaking of scientific communication, so I know the conclusion, but I cannot tell you why they think pigeons are like this. Um, but yes, all animals studied so far need to sleep. But it's worth clarifying what we mean by sleep, because there are some animals that move while they sleep, like dolphins and whales, mm-hmm. like stick close to the top of the water. Some of them close their eyes when they sleep. Um, although really? some of these things humans do too, like some humans sleepwalk. Okay, yeah. Um, I used to sleepwalk when I was a kid. Yeah, and sometimes you have a conversation with a person who's sleepwalking, and you don't know they're asleep. Their eyes are open. They're responding to the next morning. You're like, that was kind of weird what you said to me. Or like, I'm still thinking about that. That was really interesting. And they're like, what? <laughs> so I, sleep is hard to define. Like, it's not always just lying prone with your eyes shut, breathing evenly. Mm-hmm. So scientists use decreased response to stimuli. And EEG is the defining trait. EEG stands for electroencephalogram. <laughs> An electroencephalogram. 
<laughs> Encephalo meaning your brain. <laughs> Electro okay. electricity. If any of my students it. are listening to this, first of all, this is not appropriate. Turn it off. Second of all, see, I sound out words too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always yeah. stopping them, being like, stop, stop, stop. Go back to the beginning, take it sound by sound. Honestly, <laughs> an electroencephalogram. I still didn't get it right, and that's that's okay too. Anyway, um, it measures electrical activity in the brain. It's if you, you've definitely seen this on TV and movies. Yeah, it's when people sure. have those discs, like those little silicone oh, or like tape discs stuck to their faces to measure brain waves, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Uh, coral reef teleosts were another animal that we used to think didn't sleep because it was responsive to stimuli at all times so even this isn't perfect however we've since learned that those teleosts die at a much higher rate at night so we think that they're like responsive to stimuli but not as responsive you know like i've definitely like especially when I've been on family trips, sleeping, sharing yeah. a bed with a sibling, yeah, I, you know, you shove them and then they roll over. <laughs> yes. But they're definitely still asleep. They're still snoring. Mm-hmm. So people can well, be responsive to stimuli. Now, are they rolling over because you shoved them and that's like, you know, I didn't physically roll them all the way. Listen, I am the smallest of my siblings, except for Avery, who is a child. She'll probably be taller than me, too, with my luck. Um, so I cannot physically roll any of my siblings all the way over. Uh-huh. I just have to give them the to the beginning, and then they do the rest. You have to be the catalyst. I have to be the catalyst. I've offered the stimuli, they respond. All right. Uh, this is anecdotal, obviously, but coral they think coral reef teleosts, probably they go into like the reefs at night, and then they keep moving the whole time. Okay. But the fact that the mortality rate is so much higher at night suggests that they aren't responding to stimuli as well as they do in the, in the day, which means they are in fact asleep. Oh. So th- these Wait, these are all so... gray areas. There's like thresholds you have to set and stuff. Yeah. What were you saying? What does a teleost look like? I don't know. Let's look up a picture. I'll put one in the description too. They're just little fish. Oh, okay. They're just, they're just some of them are very colorful. Looks they're like some cute little fishies, but they're they're pretty average looking little fish, basically. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, because they're they're coral reef. Some of them mm-hmm. are tropical. Fun colors. Yeah. But I, yeah, sure is a fish. Yeah, that fish sure does look like a fish. You're right. <laughs> it doesn't have anything super defining. Anyway, I if there's a marine biologist out there, Sam, if if you're out there, Sam. I'm sorry, but to me, it just looks like looks like a fish. fish. <laughs> <laughs> so, who are we? What do we want? Why are we doing this? Oh, not this again. <laughs> I do this every time. You just never noticed before because apparently you're getting it in any of the seventeen episodes. <laughs> but now that I'm acutely aware of it. I think it's time to stop. (laughs) 
I think that is hilarious. I think it's made more hilarious by the fact that you were not aware that I was doing a bit this whole time. <laughs> hey, that yeah, I'm honestly I appreciate the commitment though. You really you really stuck it out. And you were getting yeah. no gratification from it because I wasn't laughing. <laughs> yeah. So respect. I'm stubborn. Anyway, uh vampires obviously don't sleep. <laughs> Famously. They do Famously not sleep. don't sleep. Just watch Bella sleep because they're so jealous. Famously, just watch Bella sleep and listen to WC um, on a bed that they don't need. I don't they know don't if have. this. This definitely was not as a, a big a point in the movies. I don't know if it got mentioned at all, but in the book, it is a huge thing that Bella talks in her sleep and therefore is really bad at keeping secrets from Edward. <laughs> Okay, that's that's really interesting. No, so that's not really discussed in movies um, or seen in the movies. Like, it's just not presented at all. But that's interesting. I can, I can imagine why Edward has, like, such a fascination then with watching her sleep because he can't read her mind. So this could yeah. be, like, the only time that he really gets, like, an idea of Unfiltered. what she's thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, for real. He, like, there are some moments. I don't remember which book this was in, but... um. It, it must have been Twilight or Eclipse, process of elimination, <laughs> um, where Edward, like, hands Bella the phone in the morning mm-hmm. and is like, call your mom. And she's like, what? Why? He's like, you're so worried about her. Oh! <laughs> you talked about her all night. Oh. Um, it also gets really awkward in Eclipse when Bella's having her whole debacle with, like, Jacob being mad at her and she's, like, yeah. stressed about that. Yeah. And she's talking about him and calling... In her head, she calls him my Jacob because there kind of are two Jacobs. There uh-huh. is the nice Jacob that everyone loves from New Moon and then there's post-werewolf Jacob. Who's an asshole, yeah. That no one... So Bella like, calls... That no one appreciates. And who yeah, should really exactly. Be. Exactly. Um... So it's not quite as icky as it sounds. What she wants is like the nice Jacob. She wants mm, to but if, I nice Edward, Jacob, if I were Edward, I were Edward, I would chill. not interpret this very well. I, I don't blame him at all for being a little hurt Concerned. about this, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, embarrassing that Edward knows that, and the only reason he knows is about anyway. Mm-hmm. So vampires don't this, sleep. But- I don't know how I feel about this, but vampires famously don't um, really follow the like follow, follow the rules of consent. So, listen, the, the Edward watching Bella sleep is one of the thorniest things in the series, the hardest to defend, and I don't really feel the need to. Yeah, but to to uh, know that he's doing it because this is the only time that he can get some like raw Bella thoughts, mm, it's not great. Yeah. I don't remember if he says this in the movie, but in the book, when when they have the first real, like realization, when Bella's like, shit, you watch me sleep? Mm-hmm. Edward's like, you're really interesting when you sleep. You talk. I, I, I think, I don't know if he says because you talk, but I think he does say something along the lines of like, you're really fascinating when you sleep. Like, you're really- I think it is marginally less creepy if you know that Bella talks a lot in her sleep. Maybe. I, I don't know. Agree. I'm again. I'm not gonna defend this because this is one of the accurate things about the series. And I will say that definitely, definitely icky. At least, however, Big after exactly. that, it, yeah. Bella was aware and, and 
did consent to it, but it was really gross that he did that for months before she knew. So, uh, sometimes it's hard to be a Twilight fan. Yeah. And, yeah, he he just shouldn't have done that. No, yeah, he really shouldn't have. But, but, (laughs) he does. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't sleep. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So my my little thing, my little suspicion is vampires don't need to sleep because they're just more efficient than us. Mm-hmm. So I have some reasons that like and things that happen to humans when we sleep. And most of them, as I was reading them, I was like, oh, well, vampires wouldn't need to do that because of this thing. So let's just go through them and talk about why I think vampires probably don't need to sleep. So the first one, your pulse drops. Mm-hmm. Obviously not not a factor for vampires. <laughs> vampires famously don't have pulses. Yep, your throat muscles also relax, and your airway narrows, which is like why some people snore and why some people do have sleep apnea. So some of some of these are just not factors for vamps. Like the heart and the lungs. Yeah. We're not worried about it. Yep. Interestingly, you produce less saliva in your sleep. Which makes a lot of sense. You don't want to yeah. have your mouth full of saliva because you're not swearing in your sleep. However, five percent of adults grind their teeth at night. It do be a Where is my TMJ gang? Oh my god, Hannah! What are the chances that both of us, when it's five percent of the population, I feel like that's oh. a really low percent. It must be, but because I like I choked through a retainer last year. I know a ton of people. Who grind mm-hmm. their teeth at night? My entire I family like- does. Um, again with the snoring. Here's why I thought I had sleep apnea because more recent studies have linked grinding teeth to sleep apnea and snoring oh, to shit. sleep apnea. So this entire time I was like, well, I do both of those things. Um, but yeah, because there's there are these theories that like you do those in order to, or like there's a theory that like you grind your teeth, um, because you're subconsciously like clenching your jaw but you're trying to get more air through your mouth like into your pipes and so they're like maybe that's the reason you grind your teeth who knows but um but yeah i've got i've broken since i've gotten a retainer like post braces i've broken i don't know like three or four oh that's expensive yeah well luckily i have very good dental insurance shout outs to my mom and dad um (laughs) But, like, if it weren't for that dental insurance, I'd be so screwed. Yeah. Um, I don't really know why this is connected to saliva, but I thought that was hilarious. Maybe this is underreported. I I really think it it has to be. Or maybe we have confirmation bias, because it is genetic. Maybe. But it's like, I grind my teeth, my family grinds their teeth, you grind your teeth. Everyone, like essentially everyone on my mom's side grinds her teeth. Well, so now is this five percent of all adults in the world or just the U.S.? None of those I know, but um, in my heart that feels like a, a low estimate. Yeah, I think Basically, Joe grinds his teeth. That's not yeah. confirmed. I think we're all just stressed. That's my working theory. The thing is, is I'm not though. I've I've gone through phases where I'm not stressed at all, and I still grind my teeth. Hmm. So who knows? Who's to say? So uh, I have a little bit to share about spit, but we did actually do a whole episode about vampire spit. Yeah, go back. Um, and you can learn 
what it was called something funny spit on me or something (laughs) spit on me daddy (laughs) something like that i don't remember it was a long time ago but we did a whole episode on vampire spit specifically talk about the healing properties yeah so if you are interested in that we're not going to get into it again so you can go listen to that episode sorry about it humans do normally excrete quote unquote i hate that they use that word but i could think of a better one two liters of saliva every day oh shit that's a lot over the course of the day (laughs) that's so much wait that's way more than i expected a liter is the like working unit of measurement for the oat milk i buy every week oh my god that's That's so so much. much guys a liter is basically a quart i can't anyway um it's a lot over the course of the day in small amounts in fairness, we swallow most of that. Well, yes, that's true. <laughs> but we excrete more saliva in the presence of food, or even just the smell of food. As we yeah. all know, mouth-watering, you know? Mm-hmm. It also we gotta break helps... down that food. Exactly. It breaks down the food, helps the digestion. You also gotta keep your mouth, I'm sorry to everyone, I gotta say this word, moist. And lubricated. I don't know. Which of those keep that Gluck Gluck 3000 in working condition. Exactly. But here's the tea that is really relevant for our purposes. It triggers thirst. When your body's right. dehydrated, they sh- like the the salivary glands get dehydrated too, and they stop sending saliva to your mouth. So your mouth feels dry, so you want to drink water. It's one of the like triggers of thirst. Makes sense, makes sense. Uh, which we will come back to. It also prevents tooth decay and infection. We are not going to get into that because we talked about the connection between saliva and the immune system in our saliva episode. But for humans, it saliva is removing food, debris, dead cells, bacteria, and white blood cells, quote-unquote. So... Because you produce less saliva while you're sleeping, bacteria can build up, which is why your breath stinks. Gross. So, two things here. We know vampires feel thirst. But we... it's It seems more likely their mouths would fill with saliva or venom as a result of, of that thirst, rather than to signal the thirst. Because it would make them want to hunt. You know? Does that make sense? So you're saying that whereas in humans it's the saliva triggering or lack thereof triggering the thirst. In vampires it's the thirst triggering the saliva. Yes, because hunger and thirst are mixed in for vampires. So all this stuff about like clearing up food debris, like that just doesn't apply for them. Yeah. And we, our mouths fill with saliva when we're hungry and they empty of saliva when we're thirsty. But for vampires, being thirsty is being hungry. Mm. I actually went so hard, I found a quote about this from Breaking Dawn. Oh, okay. Quitters. In the big battle, when like the Volturi show up in Breaking Dawn, Bella sees Jane and Alec and she's like, I want to kill those guys so fucking bad. And she says, quote, <laughs> the, the witch twins, Vladimir had called them. They're Not the witch twins! Cornerstone. Yes, we're the cornerstone of the Volturi offensive. And she's like, oh god, I just gotta eat them. I just gotta, just gotta eat them. 
She says, my muscles flexed and venom welled in my mouth. Ew! Liter- oh my god. Literal bloodthirst. Literal bloodthirst. So, my thought is that although this is not a hunting for, like, satiation, society, satiety, uh-huh. satiety, the fact that wanting to hunt triggers venom to, like, well in her mouth makes me think that when she's hunting for thirst, that's probably also happening. Like, when so, our mouths feel saliva, we're hungry. So then I have a question. Does she have to, like, mentally acknowledge that, that like, this is an action that she wants to do in order to trigger her mouth to produce the, the venom? Because I don't... At least in this case, where she, like, sees these two, she sees Jane and Alec, right? She goes, I want to kill them. And then her mouth fills up so does she actually she i was editorializing for you she doesn't say she wants to kill them she's just listing oh. all the reasons she should kill them oh okay interesting she says the witch twins their powers were the cornerstone of the voluntary offensive the jewels in ours collection the next sentence my muscles flexed and venom welled in my mouth oh so it's okay. possible she comes to that revelation really quickly yeah just like a survival instinct yeah i mean well I don't know. This is kind of a hard line to draw because they've been talking strategy for a long time and they know Jane and Alec are the big problems. Mm -hmm. They know that if they can kill Jane, Alec, and Dimitri, they can escape, basically. So it's hard to say if this was like her deciding to kill him because she's been thinking about killing him for months. I don't know. No, I I mean, it could just be a combination of all of them. But it sounds very much like survival, just survival instinct. Yeah. So that's my thought. A line of their like thirst to venom pipeline. (laughs) But here's my tea. Vampires work on a way longer time frame of satiety. Okay. Like we get thirsty several times a day yeah we also get hungry several times a day that's true vampires can go comfortably days without hunting honestly kind of jealous so like a vampire that is never like ravenously thirsty still doesn't need to hunt more than once a week so it, it they are not producing as much saliva as us there just is no point right right so I don't think that they have this cycle that we do. Likely not. I would agree. Don't think it's, uh, don't, yeah, don't think they need that. And so vampires never have morning breath. It's lucky them. I am jealous. I wish I could go as long without needing to eat or or drink because I love food, but food takes so much time out of my day. (laughs) I honestly think I live to eat like i eat lunch and i'm like damn now i gotta wait till dinner <laughs> no like i feel that but the problem is is like when i'm like i get tired so quickly i here's the thing when i say that i can function not off like seven hours of sleep that's true like i can be mentally like present and keep going but i think i i think i deplete of energy a lot more quickly um, like my bar fills up more quickly, but it it depletes more quickly. Hmm. And so, when I'm tired, the last thing I want to do is like set aside time to cook and eat. I don't 
want to cook dinner. I wish, I wish that I could always eat delicious dinners, but I didn't cook it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I wish I was a rich white man. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had someone to cook for me. Um, or I guess married. So, well, well, gender roles. I'd probably be the one cooking. Yeah. Anyway, it's fine. No, but I can see. Here's the thing: is like, ugh, sucks because. Like, yeah, if I were a man and I, and it's the 1950s and every day I came home and there was dinner on the table for me. Yeah, of course that's not, that's a luxury I would not want to give up. (laughs) I'm telling you, the more I think about like being an adult, the more I'm like, I do really understand why white men have been so reluctant to give up their power. (laughs) It would be really nice to not have to do all the things I have to do. Yeah. Okay. It's getting really hot in this closet. So let's. Let's pick up the pace. Okay, okay. So the other thing that happens when you sleep is that extra blood, quote, quote, extra blood swells your arms and legs slightly. Your muscles are paralyzed while dreaming. Mm-hmm. But between dreams, you change sleeping position 35 times a night. End quote. This is our little brush with metabolism that we're going to pretend didn't happen because we are not prepared to get into it. <laughs> metabolism is way too complicated right now. <laughs> um, vampires have way different bloodstreams which we have also touched on but i'm also not prepared to really say more about at the moment <laughs> but we do know they can stay still for a really long time without being uncomfortable until uh, they start one of the things, yeah this is one of the things they have to remind bella of when she first gets turned into a vampire and charlie's coming over they're like you have to fidget and you have to humans blink. are unnerved by staying so still pretend your chest is moving like you're breathing yeah like they said slump your shoulders straighten up and I'm like oh that seems like so much work to me I know but uh so I think vampires are out here just not moving till they gotta again I'm jealous (laughs) yeah so I think that's just them conserving energy so that they don't need to rest their muscles fair enough yeah sounds right that's my thought um sucks to be a vampire who's going to high school and has to pretend to fidget yeah every day Listen, they chose that for themselves. They did not have to do that, and yet... Can I finish my tea? If we take at face value the idea that they want to stay in one place so Carlisle can be a little doctor guy, and so the children, quote-unquote children, need to pretend to be in high school, why aren't they saying Esme is homeschooling them? I know. That's what I'm saying. They chose this. Honestly, I think I think they do it because if they just stayed home all day, um, they would get bored. Fuck. They would, yeah, they would either just, just always be smashing or they would get bored. I think the problem is that they would always be smashing at the same time. I think Edward single-handedly is forcing them all to go to high school because he can't see <laughs> it. He can hear it's actually not. Carlisle, Carlisle is just the scapegoat. <laughs> it's really just Edward doesn't want to hear all the gross noises in the household all the time. And the thoughts! It's like he's there <laughs> with all four of them. Yeah, that would suck, actually. I mean, at least Carlisle's at work, but... <laughs> Just Edward and Esme hanging out while everyone else in the house is fucking. Yeah. That's my nightmare. Yeah, that is a nightmare. You're right. Okay, so the other thing I'm sure is common knowledge, honestly, you are way more likely to get sick when you haven't been getting a good night's sleep. Yep. Because when you're sleeping, your immune system's doing some work. She's And we, we talked about vampire immune systems in our venom episode venom as virus that one was called for sure 
the real virus was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> so. So go listen, you guys. So I'm much of, gonna, yeah. yeah, we're not hashing it out. We, we've talked about these things. Damn, we covered a lot. We've covered oh, a lot yeah. in our... This is our 17th episode. Yeah. We've been at this it's... for like eight months. Yeah. I can't believe we're almost rounding a year. I know. That's crazy. Okay. You also be excreting human growth hormone, which is important for us because as, if you recall, at the beginning we were like, ooh, that's when you repair muscles and tissues when you're asleep. That's what human growth hormone is doing. And there's some other hormones that you also excrete while you're sleeping that we frankly can't get into right now. <laughs> because I will explode. <laughs> yeah, sorry to sorry to like I lead you on for a few of these topics. But these are so complicated. It would have to be another episode. Listen, this is another episode. I was like, this will we will for sure be in and out in half an hour, and we are already almost we're past an hour. So we're just we don't have time today also it's so hot in this closet so the important one is human growth hormone for our purposes because that's when we repair muscles so maybe we'll get into this in our next episode but muscle damage is actually part of the process of getting stronger Mm -hmm. like micro tears and whatnot Mm -hmm. that's why people work out like that's why people do weight training they are tearing their muscles a little bit a little bit uh, vampires can't get stronger or weaker. We know this about no, so them. they don't need that. Get rid of it. So, they don't need it. Yeah, they don't have muscle damage. Just not a problem they got. Again, good However, yeah. However, in our bone, or as far as bone and tissue repair goes, also addressed in our saliva episode. Turned out to be a <laughs> really hey. rich episode. Hey. <laughs> because we know Venom is doing those repairs because of the um gross pale tongue quote from breaking dawn and that scene in breaking dawn the film where bella is giving birth to renesme and um yeah we know venom does those repairs yeah memory maintenance and plasticity we talked about on our memory three-part journey hey, let's just go. the highlights reel of all our previous episodes i know so everyone check out our previous episodes if you haven't you're missing out on so many context and content rich episodes so yeah basically i think some of the things that we do when we're sleeping don't apply to vampires and i think the rest of of it actually yeah hannah as you said before we push record there's no one path for most things in the body even if something is happening during a specific time like the majority it's it is also there are other pathways like just because you grow most of your hair at night doesn't mean that your hair isn't growing during the day yeah like and specifically in the context of hormones even if you're creating or reusing or um using a hormone to its like highest potential during your sleep cycle does not mean you are not doing those things throughout the day or um refueling your sources during the day via like eating uh drinking etc etc the things that vampires do need to do that we normally do while we're sleeping 
there are, we've explored for most of them pathways that those could happen in the vampire life previous episodes as we just outlined for you so this is basically a little victory lap for us <laughs> it's actually us actually 90 percent of this episode is just us patting ourselves on the back for having had the foresight to cover these these topics <laughs> There is, however, one loose end, one little frayed rope. Okay. Which is that when Bella is learning to hone her shield, uh-huh. she says, quote, Since I'd become a vampire, I hadn't felt the need to rest even once before this moment. It was unnerving to feel so drained and yet so strong at the same time. Yeah. So this... she's... Yeah. Yeah. This is complicated. So, because, yeah, she's feeling tired. But also not. Hmm. So what do you think? So like my initial reaction, <laughs> well, actually my my really initial reaction when I read this quote was that's how coffee makes me feel. I don't know if I am just weird, but I've actually don't think I've ever felt rejuvenated from drinking a cup of coffee. I think I get the effects of um like a heightened adrenaline like a heightened adrenaline rush kind of state where like my heart starts picking up its pace and it's like you know my I we already know that caffeine is like a like a, a hunger inhibitor like you don't feel as hungry when you're when you drink coffee and like all these things but I don't think coffee's actually ever made me feel more awake awake um that's why you like switched to decaf. I just don't think it's good for you, dude. Yeah. Coffee, she, uh, double-edged sword, because I do enjoy the taste of a latte, but I don't, yeah, I, I've been feeling decaf lately. Um, so yeah, that was actually my first reaction when I read this quote. But my second reaction was, um, this kind of just sounds like an adrenaline rush to me. And I don't know if, like, you might agree, you might not, but, like, when you have an adrenaline rush, you're nervous system you know you have that you have that flood of epinephrine and adrenaline so your nervous system does a lot of things to keep you alive in that moment but then uh once you're coming down from that your brain is taking the time to process everything that's happened but your body has just exhausted all of its resources so it's tired so it's so like the other way around then from her well so when she says it's it's unnerving to feel drained and strong, like like her mind is drained really physically strange, or but... drained mentally. I'll put I'll put the quote from the movie in there. It's strange. Physically, I feel like I could demolish a tank. Mentally, I just feel drained. Yeah. So like to me, yeah, it kind of just sounds like an adrenaline rush, but in reverse. But see, the thing is, is her powers are magic. <laughs> um, so if this is a power where specifically she has to do the reverse where she like essentially shut. I mean, in the movie, the way it's presented, she has to like stop what she's doing and like just focused on projecting the shield. And I don't know if that's the same in the books, but if she's essentially doing the reverse where like she has to exhaust all her resources to use her brain and then like kind of freeze all of the resources that she would use for her body and then as she's coming down from that like her brain is really tired but her body is really alive that's kind of what it sounds like to me right 
Well, as the the very beginning question that started this little podcast journey of ours was this mind body dualism that we have thoroughly debunked. Uh-huh. Your mind is just not a different part of you than your body. And so I think Stephanie Meyer probably thinks that yeah. Bella's power is entirely in her brain. Yeah. I am leaning because, more to yeah. Stephanie's point of view for so, why she would present us in this way. And I mean, I on the other hand, like I know that your brain is not different from neurotransmitters and hormones and all these other things, the things that make Jasper's power work on Bella, for example. But I also do kind of, I felt what Bella's describing here, like, Mm -hmm. when I write, for example, when I was working on my thesis, like, if at the end of the day, after working on my thesis for, like, four hours, I would be totally Mm -hmm. down, go go for a walk, go for a run, work out, you know, go out with friends, but I, yeah, if you put an article in front of me, I couldn't read or process information, like, my brain was exhausted, but my body was fine, Mm -hmm. so I think that... I know I both am like mind body dualism isn't real, but I'm also like I've totally felt tired in, in my mind, but not my body. The I big problem is poses more... for us. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No. What were you gonna say? The the problem I think is poses for us more so than like what is what is it like to be exhausted in your mind but not your body, or is that possible for vampires? I think the bigger problem here is how vampires recover from this. They don't yes. Sleep. Yeah. See, that's what I have, like, no clue what kind of magic that they're pulling here. Um, so, I mean, but my working... Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was gonna say, like, what we kind of discussed is that sleep looks different, depending on you are and, like, species you are. Maybe... While they not while they may not sleep, maybe they can have some of those like recovering benefits of sleep by just going into a more meditative state and just like sitting still and not doing anything for a bit. Or I think even I I don't think we have good evidence for that, but I think maybe Bella doesn't use her powers for a couple hours after this. Maybe that's enough. Yeah. Who's to say? But since Fang Theory. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel like we we I know we never really came into this with like we have a very conclusive thought about this. We almost always are like finding our way to it at the end, but I feel like we've been leaving you with more like, yeah, I guess than usual. <laughs> the thing is is that it does get tricky as we get into more of the like fantastical elements of this. But Yeah, we're getting more specific with our questions and into mm-hmm. if your territory. But I do think, well, so so what I'm what I'm also considering is like with the mind body dualism thing is like, while it's true that they're not completely separate entities, I think it would be. I don't think it would be that far of a stretch to be like sometimes. The emphasis shifts from one to another, and then back again. Yeah. If that makes sense. So like while you're using your brain but not your body. There is an energy emphasis that is uh, that's on your brain, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, with at least in Bella's case, that's just what it sounds like to me. 
I think that's true. I think it's really interesting because Bella doesn't have to extend, or I'm sorry, Bella doesn't have to expend any extra energy to shield her own brain. Yeah, it's just that part is of who she is. Like Edward doesn't have to. Exactly, Alice doesn't have to work to get visions. She does have to work if she wants to know what Arrow specifically is going to do. Edward has to strain if he wants to hear someone really far away. Bella yeah. has to strain if she. But then that just means that whatever, wherever they are with their power, like for Bella, not having to strain to protect her own brain, that's just her resting state then. Exactly. But I think it's fascinating that some of them have like a talented resting state. That would be like if my They are vampires. It's kind of fascinating that they are existing in this form at all. (laughs) I've. Yeah, you got me there. Uh, this is been Fang Theory. <laughs> Paige is overheating. <laughs> I know, I know. We should do a little recap, but I'm just so hot. Thank I'll give a little time. recap. Little recap. Sleep, important. Um, vampire, don't need it. Bella, resting state. Protect her brain. But has a little bit of... Goes into a little bit of fight or flight when shielding others. Does that sound right? Yeah, more or less. Uh, vampires are just more efficient. That's yeah. a working theory for why they don't need to sleep. They're just expending energy way more efficiently. Which makes sense because the more you learn about the human body, the more you realize how inefficient it is. That's true. And so you don't need to just shut down if you're just not. <laughs> You're not doing easy all the time. Yeah, I guess that's that's what I'm saying officially on the internet on the record. All right. Well, this has been Fang Theory. I'm Paige. I'm Hannah. Let's I'm leave Hannah. before Paige turns into a a baked potato. A baked potato. Yes. Oh my goodness. All right. Adios. Goodbye. Hi friends, as you can see, I was so overheated that I forgot to mention that we are actually going to be back in three weeks, not two weeks. So we will see you then. Anyway, I have no real excuse. It's just hot. I know. I just realized that we didn't do anything right before Fool's Day.